seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 220 of Color Magic, your magic gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from the gaming tables and computers. I'm your host, Daquan Watson, and for 220 episodes, just a good number to wrap up the year on, I got my man Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? I reasonably decent. Christmas was uh, good. We definitely uh, needed a win this year after last year, and we spent most of the holidays in the hospital. So this Dude, is which I'm gonna lie. When your wife posted that y'all had somebody go back to the hospital, I was like, "Yo, if this happens again." <laughs> right, that, that was thankfully just a uh, follow-up to testing and stuff. So nothing, nothing major. Yeah, I saw those pictures. And I went, man, not again. Who is it this time? <laughs> Everybody here right now is uh, reasonably healthy. Thank, <laughs> thank goodness. Oh, uh, that's good, man. That's good to hear. Yeah, this year is pretty wild. So we're gonna do a lot of recapping in this episode. So lots of things to cover throughout the year. So we're gonna cover some of our regular topics we would cover, and then we're gonna do a yearly recap here because it was an insane amount of stuff that happened in 2023. But before we get to that, got to tell you about our sponsor over at CoolStuffInc.com. Go use code DRAGON over there to save you 5%. They even have a sale running right now, I believe, through New Year's on Monday. So you can pick up a bunch of stuff even cheaper than normal. So go pay them some love. Use our code. Let them know you love us. Leave a note in your order, whatever you want to do. But yeah, save yourself some money there. Also, you can support the show directly over at patreon.com slash color magic. You can be just like Keith Page, one of our newest members. Thank you so much. And you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop if you want to pick up some merch. All right, let's get into our lead story here, because this is one I didn't even find out until earlier today before we started recording. But good luck, high five. For those who don't know, uh, led by Maria Bartoldi, who was one of the announcers on all the major magic coverage and stuff she's been in the magic community forever actually maria actually has emmys believe it or not like she's for real decorated like she's oh. legit <laughs> How, what did she get emmys for like yeah she was a i believe a newscaster in the midwest or something okay and yeah like so just crazy like that's why when i work with her i'm like you're at least a real professional i'm just like some bum that gets to talk on on gaming you know like she's got credentials but what they found out, unfortunately, was they kind of came into their offices after Christmas and saw that their studios had a break in. And unfortunately, they took a lot of merchandise, like high-end cameras, high-end cables, microphones. Like, they just... Honestly, I don't even know if anybody who knew particularly what they had other than just these are things that are probably going to sell. You know what I mean? Like, they just took what was not strapped down, effectively. But it came to almost $10,000 worth of stuff, which is a pretty damn big haul. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody knew. It just seems that... I, I would say somebody probably knew where their what their studio was and what they did. But, yeah. you know, I don't think they even have to know that, like, and cameras are expensive. You don't have to know which ones. You just take all of them. Exactly. You, know, like, you, you hit a studio, you know it's going to have certain things in it. Yep. So what they did is they started to go fund me. And in less than a day, it looks like, they hit their goal. So they set it at 10000 to be able to replace all their stuff. Because they said... 
for some reason, like their insurance wasn't going to cover a bunch of it or whatever. But they got to 10605 with 152 donors. So that's actually pretty cool. Like, not like it's off the air it's trying to figure out how we want to describe it. It's not really a happy ending, but it's at least a resolution to a thing during the holidays that could have yeah, been good. Way, They'll be able to, yeah. Yeah, it could have been way more stressful. Could have just been a, a crazy situation. I mean, technically, they're not even going to be able to make content for a couple weeks unless they do right. it from their phones and stuff or, you know, whatever they have left over until the new parts get here because they have to order it and probably not going to get here for a week or whatever. Then you got to reset everything up and test everything. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Put in all your settings and you know, all that. So it's tough, man. I like, and that's the thing I don't think people realize when you, when you take stuff from people like this, like it is their livelihood. So oh, they, I think they realize that they don't give a crap. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, you're right. They're thieves. You're right. They probably don't care. And, it, and it's tough. Because they don't just lose the money from having to replace stuff, or in this case, at least got money to replace it. Like it's the money they can't make now for yeah. the next two or three weeks while they're getting all the parts in, getting stuff. Hell, if they even can get the same things, right? Yeah. Because some stuff's going to criminals be out of absolutely know they're putting you out. They don't care. That's fair. Former, pol- former police reporter here have. Had to had to read many interviews where they were like, "Hey, why did you even do this?" And there there is oftentimes zero remorse about the crime. Sadly, yeah, I guess they just figure it's it's them or you, and they'd rather it be you. Yeah, you know, like that's tough. But I'm glad at least the community came together and took care of them because that that could have been a bad situation. I mean, I don't even have, I probably have like a quarter of that in my studio and it would still suck if I lost it and had exactly. to replace it. So I couldn't imagine, you know, having to place 10K plus worth of stuff. But yeah, just figured we'd start with that. But now we're going to hop into the soapbox because we have a couple of things to talk about. And I'm going to start by... I don't even know how to best go about this without just sounding like, because I'm not angry. I'm not even really bothered. Just more, more of an awareness of this is the type of stuff that still goes on. That last week, obviously, we had the Jonathan Major news. You know, he got convicted, all that. And man, like, I started getting all kinds of related comments to that. Some people just doing the, you know, all black people look the same and like, you know, dumb Jonathan Majors comments like I should be the new Kang, blah, blah, whatever. I'm like, all right, sure. But then, you know, even the follow up of like, oh, so what did you think about the news or whatever? And I'm like, why? Why do I have an opinion about like if he did it, he's guilty. Like, I don't I don't I don't care. (laughs) You know, like we talked about it on the show. Listen to the show. Like, I don't know what you want me to do with this. And then I had people even following up calling me a woke militant, which I thought was a kind of amusing because like one, if you stroll into any black person's space, like, well, obviously we're going to come off as woke because what you, what that side we will say defines as woke is going to be uh, pretty much a lot of what you live. Yeah, <laughs> right? like if, you so even, like, if you even say racism in America is a thing, you're, 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 you're a woke liberal. And that's yeah. just the bottom line. So that was kind of weird. You know, even if like, you would experience racism, they promise you, you didn't. You, you, yeah. you were, you're playing the race card. It, it was a very weird thing. I, I don't know. And then, like, being referred to as militant, I was just like, on what basis? Like, 
I mean, if faces that you acknowledge that America has a racism problem, you're militant. Just even yeah, bringing that to the forefront. This is the correct response is that, that if the police brutalize you, it's because you're guilty and not because you're black, as once was said in Living Color back in the day. Fair. I like I just found it amusing because I'm like, I would like there's a lot of things you can describe me as, and they would probably be accurate. But militant, I would just like, really though? <laughs> Like, all right, by, by, by the definition of somebody who, like you said, you, when you have a side that believes that racism isn't a thing, by by comparison, yeah, militant. But I, I bring it up to say, like, this is the stuff that goes around, right? It's people just spouting stuff pointlessly, needlessly, trying to needle somebody, trying to take shots, trying to make bad bottom-of-the-barrel jokes. Like, it's still around. Like, even at the holidays, people are still doing it. Hell, I had some extra ones pop up on the holidays, partly because they probably think they're going to leave the comments. Nobody's going to delete them and they'll be there for other people to see it. Only I check my stuff from my phone, so I just delete it and then I hide user from channel. (laughs) So it's like, I mean, it's not that hard to keep up with. Right. Like, but it's just people doing it. And we're we're seeing it in different message groups with like bots that are going around spouting stuff right now because they think the admins aren't going to be around to check it. Like it it sucks. It's just part of what you got to deal with. If you're going to put yourself out there. The thing that amazes me, though, is that those people really think they're doing something. And I'm like, who like whose mind are you trying to change? Like, who are you expecting to laugh at your joke? Like I like the other racists. (laughs) Yeah, but nobody's going to see it. That's the whole point. I'm just like, what? like that'd be like me going into some woman's space and making a bad sexist joke. Like, that's probably not the environment where other people that agree with that sentiment are going to see it. (laughs) So, like, what really comes of that other than you just getting banned from the channel and never getting to see the comments anyway? Because that's what's going to happen 90% of the time or better, I imagine. Not everybody does that. Like, I don't, for example. Oh, man, I'm off my folks. Like, if you come in like that, I ain't even got time for you. It just makes it easy. Lest anybody accuse me of making stuff up. Like, here it is. No, like this... now there's there's some that if they are worth sharing or discussing, I will leave those so there's proof that it exists. But on like a day to day basis, like I said, the bad, dumb, like Jonathan Majors jokes or whatever, like, man, nah, those all just got deleted and booted. I ain't got time for it. But anyway, that was my week. Let's pass this over and see what you got for the soapbox. All right, as we've been talking about, Warner Brothers Discovery is just deleting and destroying all manner of content out there. And recently they came for Sony and a bunch of people that bought Warner Brothers TV uh, shows. All it looks like documentaries and reality shows specifically. They made Sony take all of it down. And of course, that's part of the problem we talked about with the ownership of digital content it's out there in the cloud in the ether you don't have a a cd a dvd or anything practical so when wb decides they don't want you to have it anymore you don't have it anymore and also around the same time that happened in an unrelated glitch a bunch of people got locked out of their sony playstation account through no fault of their own came back saw a bunch of their content and i'm sure many of them probably thought oh okay you know this is probably Part of the glitch, yeah, could you go ahead and put up my, I don't know, uh, uh, trying to think of a Discovery Reality show. I didn't. 
Deep, uh, deepest, deadliest catch is probably, I started to say deepest catch. Dead, I think deadliest catch, I believe. Yeah, deadliest catch. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Bring back season one of deadliest catch. No, no, that wasn't part of the hack. That was that was the Warner Brothers Discovery out here. Hide your kids, hide your wives, hide your actors, hide your reality stars. That, by the way, that also, you know, I'm sure it's going to affect those people's residuals because that's part of, you know, how you get paid is them showing that stuff over and over and when it's gone, it's gone. We're seeing that with video games, too. We're in danger right now. So many video games are getting deleted from their various storefronts, and there becomes no place to buy them because many of them, especially now, where most of them don't have a physical component. Well, So many of them are just digital. Yeah, it's that way with a lot of entertainment. You know, we, we were talking before that it goes all the way back to the iPod really where you buy music but it kind of stays within the apple sphere and they even made it difficult to move it off that device onto your computer onto another device or whatever right even though it's stuff you paid for and it's still going to be on an apple device there were still all these hoops to jump through to move stuff around like the number of people that bricked different pieces of technology trying to move music is ridiculous right like that was a thing and it unfortunately hasn't gotten any better because what was that like 2006 or something when we got the ipods Sounds right. And we're still dealing with that today, just with music on different platforms and movies on different platforms and now video games, right? Because video games are all digital. Yeah, go ahead and call me a boomer. I'm about to go get my vinyl records, (laughs) my my DVDs, (laughs) all that stuff. My board games of all Super Nintendo games. So I had to go through all this nonsense. Dude, I thought you were about to say you were going to get your Zoom and be a real boomer. (laughs) I think I, I, I never had a Zoom. Me neither. So I saw was, them though. Those were the the Microsoft product that was trying to compete with the. Uh, yeah, I, think, I don't think a lot of people had a Zoom. Well, that's why it, I don't think the Zooms even came out until like 2009, maybe or 2010. They were, like, they, were they were way later. After like iPods were literally everywhere. They had to have had like 80 percent of the market at some point. Yeah, they were everywhere. This keeps happening to Microsoft. Like Bing, Bing is in the same situation. It came way late yeah. to the party. Google at this point probably has ninety-five or ninety-six percent of the, the, the search reason, engine margin. The only reason Google probably wouldn't have Max is because Firefox has some space, and I guess whatever Opera or whatever that's on the the yeah. like different devices or whatever. Like and you got to figure Safari, those are like I guess on those Apple. got to be single digit percentages. Yeah, but I mean, but those together are probably eating up some number. But yeah, Google obviously has the overwhelming percentage. Yeah, probably. and but they still put Bing out there. Yeah, really trying to, uh, I don't know who's in charge of some of these decisions in Microsoft. Yeah, the content thing is is tough though, and I don't know. Like we talked about it, like an idea I think would be if they're worried about people just wholesale downloading and sharing and circumventing the streaming service, then at least limit the amount of info you can download enough to download like four movies or one show or something every month or something. Right. Like, so then if you do have something you really like, you can at least get a copy of it, put it on your hard drive and you have access to it for later. And if you do I that, I keep hearing about all these people sharing content, sharing accounts, but I mean, some of the spirit of Jerry Seinfeld, who are these people? I, nobody outside of my house and my media family has any of my passwords. So oh, I can tell just, you, guilty. Guilty for oh, real. Okay. Like, you're, got, you're the one. I got two you're the one those people cracking down. But, you know, but here's the thing, right? Like, I want to watch, like, one thing on Paramount+. Plus. 
Like, I don't want to pay for Paramount Plus to watch one show and be done with it. You, like, you, get, you get a free trial. You get a week free trial. <laughs> and you just watch it that week. But the thing is, I'm going to want to watch one thing when, like, I don't know, say the next season or the next the sequel or whatever comes out. Then it's like, I'll watch for three hours, and then I won't watch it again. And it's just like, all right. So in exchange, they can hey, have wait, my password. Mr. Like, Mr. Pay for your magic cards and don't use proxies. Pay your actors when you watch, you know, Star Trek or whatever. I, you honestly, give $9 for a month and then watch it. I probably should. But when I have everything else already piling up, I'm just like, hell, I already have all these other services. I'll just let people watch those. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's, I got, because right now I have access to Hulu, Disney, ESPN, but that's all kind of one package. Uh, Peacock, because I get that through uh, Comcast, because if you have Comcast internet, they give you Peacock for free. And I feel like I have like one more that I pay for. I don't even remember. But I have like five or six services right now as it is. And honestly, I think that's the worst thing that's happened to us, even among the streaming stuff, is now people, in some cases, are getting less than they would have had they just paid for cable you know, and paid their like $120 a month or whatever it was. But now they're paying that much or more to have a limited selection, even though it's kind of a la carte, which is kind of crazy that we got into the situation. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know we've how done that, and I, I, we're still not paying because cable had got up to two hundred, and we just sat down like, okay, seriously, how many? You know, and then I think uh, recently when we were on one of our hospital stays, the hospital had cable, and it's just out of out of a hundred and some odd channels, there was maybe three. My son wanted to watch anything on. <laughs> yeah, that was my thing when I cut the cable. As far as like what I was watching regularly, I think there was only one thing we couldn't through Hulu. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll just go with Hulu then. I got my cable bill in half. Relevant, they got to quit doing all these exclusive deals and let me, you know, like, like again on the basic. I think it was Dish Network cable package. There had to be 50 channels I don't ever watch. Let me trade those in for another sports channel. Just give me a price per station a la carte or groups of stations that I could buy a la carte. Then I'd probably be on cable because I say, you know what? I want these couple things. I got to watch football during the football season. I want these things for basketball season. I want these couple for some cooking shows. Uh, I watch some outdoor stuff. We'll get these, some animal channel stuff. And then, like, yeah, I'll take this other package of, like, five or six stations because I like one of them in there. And it only costs $2. That's the problem, though. Month, those those right? things end up being those end up being a Trojan horse for things like NBC trying to reboot Z4. Well, yeah, like, The majority of people yeah. paying for cable didn't want that, shouldn't have to pay for it. Yeah, that's <laughs> my thing. But if you at least let me actively go, okay, I will accept that because I want these other two networks that are in that package. And it's only going to cost me an extra dollar fifty a month. I'll take it. But if you're just like, nah, putting if, it, if your network, to me, if, if your just, network can't stand by itself, don't. No, but I'm okay with stuff. that. If I get to choose that, if you're just sticking it in there, and then my price just goes up two or three dollars for something I'm never going to watch, I'm like, well, then I don't want it, right? And, and I that's, think that's how what, it currently works. Yeah, and that's what got a lot of people on cable. Like, why cable is the Trojan horse. Where if you want ESPN, you got to take G four. And the fishing channel, golf channel, please. To take, yeah, I'm sure there is somewhere there are enough people to support the golf channel. I was not one of them. 
I honestly think if they did that though, and they moved a la carte, you would have a lot of people drop streaming services quick. Yeah, I think you definitely would have that. Like that, and that's always in my way. If if cable wants to get back, that's the way to go. And just yeah. say, all right, cool. Because right now, how many like like a lot of people, people that have three, four, five streaming services, a lot of times it's because you really just want like three or four things on each one of those. But you're taking because like my favorite show on this network's over here. I like this series they make over on this thing. So like you got to have three, four services to watch everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge nerd, so Paramount. I want all the Star Treks all the time. So yeah, I'm, I'm always gonna want Paramount. Disney, yes, I'm a huge Disney. That's where all the Marvel stuff is. So yeah, I'm gonna yep. always have Disney. Now the other stuff, like okay, you know, some of that stuff probably is gonna. Well, my wife, for example, she loves all. To fairness, I watch the true crime shows too, but she watches true crime and then all the reality shows, like all the little. I don't know what it is with my wife and the little people shows, but it's not just her. She ain't the only one watching those shows. Bruh, <laughs> There's dude, a bunch of shows. Let me tell you, like, man, that's a rabbit hole. I like the whole true no. crime thing. That's a phenomenon that is nuts. Like, I mean, and especially among women, like so many love that I talk to love, love the true crime stuff. Don't know why, but it's definitely a thing. Like, that man, I could. I feel like I could do a whole episode just exploring that, honestly. Right. But uh, let's talk about what did we learn? Because I think there's a couple of interesting things here. Yours is more serious, mine's more funny. So you yeah. go ahead and take the lead here. Uh yeah. Insomniac Games got hacked recently. For anybody that doesn't know, it was the makers of uh, Spider-Man, the Spider-Man series of games, are working on a Wolverine game. Which apparently, screenshots for Wolverine have been leaked now. And they've also leaked that Wolverine, I guess, is the first game and what's going to be at at least a trilogy for the X-Men games. And it's just it's terrible. Yeah, sure, it's fun to know what's coming, but they also apparently got a lot of employee data and are threatening to ransom that data. And, of course, let's be honest, these companies, because Insomniac's been hacked, Sony has been hacked, I've lost count of how many times, these companies have a whole bunch of our data. So while you may not care about whether Spider-Man got leaked, more than likely if you played these games, they can, you know, all this agreement, all the things you agreed to to play the game, all the, your data, the stuff you didn't read, and click on, yeah, they got your data. That's in a lot of cases... That's what they are after. That's what's worth a whole bunch of money. Is you get somebody's data. You know what games they like to play, what games they're willing to spend money on, their credit card information, and so on. And data is gold, unfortunately. You know, I'll say this. One of the things I read recently, which is a really smart idea, because so many of these places have been getting hacked, and, you know, even beyond video games, there's been different grocery stores and online sites and whatever. They said it's probably best for the average adult to have, or, you know, married parent uh, union of adults to have a second credit card available with a low limit. And you use that for the sites that you're not fully certain of. Right. And then, so like, if you were going to buy stuff on PlayStation, you never need to spend more than like, hundred dollars at a time right so you get a thing with yeah. like a 500 to a thousand dollar limit and that's the card you use for that type of stuff and you just pay it off that's every actually month a good idea. and then you have your other card maybe it's a debit card or an actual yeah. high limit credit card or whatever tied to other stuff so if you need to go make big family purchases medical bills whatever you use that card for that and i'm like man that's really simple but really smart so <laughs> if something does happen 
you're not going to be in a dispute for more than like a few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, right? Just, you know, they can't get more than that no matter what they do. And usually that's protected through fraud protection anyway, but it's just less to have to worry about. I'm like, you know, reminds me the, 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 speaking of hacks, the guy that did the Grand Theft Auto 6 leak, you know, that yeah. was since we're talking about year review stuff. Yeah, that did was you like see he got life? Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, so is that the dude that they, they like, found, they had to go hunt for him, and then they found him, and they had to, like, hold him at the, temporarily at, like, a, what was it, like a motel while they waited for the authorities or whatever? Cause, and he had, and he did the hat yeah, while he was in police. Exactly. Custody. So while, okay, so those, y'all don't know this story. While this dude was, I guess, at a motel, because that's what it sounds like, or it was a temporary holding facility, we'll call it. He apparently had a, an Amazon Fire Stick, and with his Fire Stick and his phone, he somehow managed to further hack the company, get some other information, and share it with people. And I'm like, this dude was a damn near a savant. Like, I mean. Dude, you're in a room, and they were like, I, I guess technically not, not even near. Like he's in a prison hospital because they say he is apparently so severely autistic that without treatment, they do not believe he can survive in mainstream society. Well, I think the explanation I read was, having gone before the court and before psych evals, he truly didn't understand the harm of what he was doing, and they think on some level he may have been manipulated into some of it. Yeah, but. So what they're trying to do now is they're keeping him in the facility while they're trying to make sure he's at least cognizant enough to understand why all of this is wrong before they release him back to the public. But that is a wild situation. Like, and, and he apparently also, you know, a lot of people like they still don't get like, okay, yeah, Grand Theft Auto, who was hurt? But apparently he had stalked a couple of women also. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this guy is a legit threat to society because one of the things his lawyers try to argue is that rockstar wasn't hurt the grand theft auto 6 trailer is the, the biggest trailer in video game history where's the hurt but what wasn't reported a lot of places was that he was also a stalker so yeah this guy is a threat to society you know, and, and, that is, and that is a big misconception when people say oh well the leaks don't ever hurt anybody but the reality is there's whole campaigns that are being planned like six months to a year in advance of things releasing and that's how they're going to make more money. This huge yeah. thing, get people interested in it, get these celebrities in, you know, whatever it is they're going to do. And sometimes the thing that gets released early is not even the final product. So you might be getting to see like version two of the trailer and stuff in there may not even appear in the game or whatever. Right. So now there's that expectation that's not being met. Not to mention somebody else might be releasing a smaller game. That's not that doesn't have that money behind it. Doesn't have that publicity. And it just vanishes into the ether. Cause everybody's talking about Grand Theft Auto six, which won't be out for probably another two or three years. Or some people that do have those smaller games, see what makes people excited from those trailers or information being released and they make some version of that of their own <laughs> and wow. include it in their stuff. So now the bigger company who've been spending all this time developing a thing don't have that ace in their hole anymore. So, like, yeah, there's there's definitely harm that can come from it. But, yeah, that was a crazy story. By the they way, took- like, as we were talking about with the first story, stealing is just wrong. <laughs> it's bad. It doesn't. It doesn't. Even if you don't think anybody's being hurt, <laughs> stealing is wrong. The craziest part of that whole story is them going, all right, we're going to take away his laptop and his computer and whatever. Right. And then, like, 
dude's still like, oh, there's a TV. You know, like, yeah. like get a fire stick and go to town, right? Like, that is crazy. That is crazy. Hacking skills are elite. Like something out of a movie. Yes, yeah, <laughs> elite. Like, it's almost not even, doesn't even sound like a real story. Right. Yeah. It almost you pitch me this, you know, in a meeting, and I'll give him, give him at least, you know, a MacBook or something. Yeah, she'd be like, "This dude's like the MacGyver of hacking, right?" Like, (laughs) but okay. So that serious story aside, I came across one of the weirdest but kind of entertaining things on Twitter earlier today, and I'm going to find the user's name. So if people want to look this up, but. The user's name is H-E-Y-L-K-A-T-M-E. So, hey, L-Cat-Me. They, for whatever reason, started a thread that's basically Lord of the Rings meets Moneyball. So it's Elrond putting together the Fellowship roster, right? And it's a whole series of tweets of things in character and quoting things from Lord of the Rings to make them fit the whole Moneyball script, which for those you don't know, Moneyball's a uh, baseball movie. Uh, I think, uh, man, who's the main actor in that one? Brad Pitt. Uh, yeah, Brad Pitt. And I think Jonah Hill, I think, is the co- yeah. co-star in that. But basically, it's it was based on a real-life story of this manager coming in and trying to figure out a way to look at stats and how they're going to spend their money and whatever to get the best team without spending crazy like a lot of other teams were doing. Because it was the Oakland A's and they didn't have access yeah. to the money that most teams have. Or what do you say most teams? Teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees have, basically. Yeah, and it's a cool story. and Like, how it worked and actually had some success with it. Like, it's pretty neat. But then taking this concept of well, okay, what if this was Lord of the Rings and you've got to, like, recruit this whole team of people to go fight Sauron? Like, how do you convince them to come along? And, like, this whole script almost being rewritten, which is hilarious. <laughs> like, so, yeah, if you want to check it out, it is, it's, it's, and they have, like, the quotes and then, like, the the screen cap from the part of the movie it is in, in Moneyball or whatever. Like, it, it's good stuff. It's good. So I don't know why it's a thing, but it looks like it started popping up on Christmas Day, and then it's just kind of kept on since. And of course, a lot of people are commenting and hopping in and making jokes, and it's a good, feel-good, fun thing to just have on your internet, you know? Like, we have all this serious stuff and all these bad things that come through and all the political rhetoric that happens on, on Twitter, but this was actually a good change of pace, and it's a lot. So if you need to entertain yourself for a couple hours, feel free to go read through that. I, I think you'll appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I didn't even get all the way through it yet, and I'm <laughs> highly entertained with it. Great. So yeah, crazy stuff, but it's out there. But all right, I think we're going to go through, and we're just going to have kind of the magic year in review, because there was a lot of stuff to talk about here. All right, so let's start with the thing that probably created the most controversy with the most non-issue thing. And so MTG ambassador program, like this is one that I just didn't get from the get go when people were mad about it, because you have the one issue of people complaining about wizards going and getting all these non-magic creators and stuff and getting them promote magic. You're like, Oh, you should be spending this time and money and whatever on actual magic creators and helping grow their space or whatever. So then they do. That is a valid argument. 
sure. But then they do, and everybody says, oh, well, now they're trying to get all these magic creators in this program so they can tell them what to say and what to do. And it's like, bruh, this is literally what y'all asked for. <laughs> like, And then they did it. And it was a lot. They brought it. I think the first round had like 80 creators or something in it. So it was like they were making a real effort. And people were still mad about it. And then there were people making up stuff about how they were going to want all your data and all this. And like, none of that was a thing. I can tell you from being in the program, it literally is just like, hey, this set or this product or whatever is coming out, can you make a social post about XYZ and link it? Can you talk about, or like, hey, this new set's coming out, do a fun video about Ixalan or whatever, right? And some of it is stuff we were going to do anyway. Like reviewing yeah. the top 10 cards in the set or whatever, right? People that do Commander are going to play the new Commander. And I think from, from, from what they did, they really didn't pick anybody, you know, that does like hardcore investigative journalism on Magic. So nobody, I guess, is having their stuff compromised, per se, by working with Wizards. Yeah. And truthfully, even for the things where you didn't feel confident or didn't believe in the product or whatever, you're able to just tell them like, hey, I don't feel good making that one or whatever. And they're like, cool. There's been no issue, no pushback, no problem. They've supplied everybody with a bunch of free product and even cool bonuses that we didn't even plan on that they were just sending, you know, special kits and custom items that are, uh, well, not one of a kind, I guess one of 80 or whatever, but, you know, unique items or whatever. So that's actually really cool. And then they started that whole thing. So you can come meet all the creators and we had special space at the magic cons and whatever. So I'm like, this is sort of what you want the program to be. Yeah. And, well, uh, yeah, I mean, you probably would like to be paid, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, so that's it, coming. That's coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, this was the pilot program to even see if it even mattered, if it worked, or moved the needle on anything or whatever. And I can tell you, without breaking any NDAs or anything, that Wizards is very happy with the program. They, like, apparently through whatever multiple metrics they use to measure the success of the program, it's been a success. So, totally worth it. And it wasn't even news, like, after, like, the first month, it wasn't even a thing, right? People wanted to be mad about it. But really, when you ask people why they were mad, they didn't even have a reason. It was just stuff people were making up. And then there well, were... Some people had reasons. I don't say everybody did, but there were... There, there were legitly people who were just making stuff up about the program, too. Because either they weren't accepted or whatever, you know, that whole thing. And, oh, well... I mean, again, this is a whole lot of work to do for no money so that's a valid concern well here's and here's here's the thing though and this is why almost everybody in the company or in the program pushed back was that it was stuff most of them were going to do anyway but now they're getting free stuff to do it you know because again like if you're doing commander content a lot of them were going to make videos playing the new decks anyway so now they let's get the, say i mean they let's get say the you decks work at, let's say you work at a comic shop I was going to buy those Spider-Man comics anyway, but you still, if I work in a comic shop, are expected to pay me to sell the Spider-Man comics to other people. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't tell everybody that Spider-Man isn't awesome because I do that on here all the time, but if I work for you, it's, you know... Sort of, but I don't think that's quite the same. I get what you're saying, though. I do. But when I'm already going to do a top 10 video anyway... And then Wizard just says, like, hey, if you do the top 10 video earlier, we'll just give you all the product to do it. But like I, we just talked ooh. about people that were trying to get you to do uh, some kind of ad for that. They would have cost you, like, well, like you said, several hours of your time. And they didn't want to pay you anything until you asked for money. And then they said, no, wait, now we can. But pay here's you. the thing. The thing they were sending me 
is no value, <laughs> right? Again, if you're sending me a thing, if I was already going to need a, let's say, gaming chair, and you send me a gaming chair and save me $300, then I made $300 for a thing I would have wanted or needed anyway. In this case, again, I'm already making a magic video, already doing the thing, and you're sending me a multiple hundred dollar package of a thing to do the video like a week earlier. All right, cool. I'm down. But it's also the value of the product, right? If you're going to ask me to do a thing that you're going to use for advertising and it's it's a microphone that only costs like, I think theirs was like $35. Well, then like, that's not really any level of compensation. And I'm also doing a thing I wasn't normally going to do as well. So you're asking me to do extra work and you're sending me a thing that has no value effectively. Now, if it was a thing I was already wanting to review, like let's say, because I use Elgato microphone, like say Elgato had a new version of this that I was thinking about buying and Elgato's like, hey, heard you were going to buy this anyway. How about we send you a free one and you do a thing? Then I'm okay with it because it was a thing I was going to buy. So I saved, I assume the new version would be like $200 that I wasn't going to spend anyway. So, or I was going to spend so now I don't have to spend it. So it's all, it's all about the content you're doing and your schedule and the cost of the actual items. But I didn't have a problem with it. And a bunch of other people. Yeah, and, and again, everybody, you know, is going to have their own stance. Like, for now example, again, like money is coming. Like, I also understood this was a pilot program and there were going to be a lot of things that had to be worked out in your. But that, was that widely known? Like, I, I didn't hear anything. No, and it wasn't known. And it's still not known for a lot of people. And I'm OK with that. I don't think it matters if it does or not. Truthfully, there's there's people that do a lot of brand deals for a variety of different things. And that's okay. I think the bigger issue I had is people just making up the idea that Wizard was going to control the content and the narrative, and then that Wizard was going to want well, I mean, all their data. You do data. have to get your stuff approved, right? You can't just go off and say whatever you want. They do approve your content. Sure, but it's not a narrative controlling thing. Like we're not making. How, if, if they're approving your no, content, no, no. how are they not controlling no, the because, narrative? Listen to what I'm saying. Because it's not a thing that requires a narrative, right? Like if I'm doing a top 10 card review of Ixalan, that's just a matter of like, hey, they're not checking for what cards you like or don't like or which ones you're highlighting. They're checking because they need to make sure that if you say, you're talking about arena, you say Magic the Gathering Arena or MTG Arena and not Magic Arena because that's a brand issue. So they need to have that not in the video. Like that's what they're checking for. It's not the content itself just as long as you're talking about ixalan and your favorite cards they don't care <laughs> like that's what most of the stuff was it was like hey we know you're a doctor who fan here's some extra stuff if you want to make some doctor who videos or whatever like all right cool they already know you're a fan you're gonna like it whatever have some extra free stuff go talk about it and we'll share your stuff or give you the stuff early so you can have your video up before everybody else right and that's the other benefit of working with Wizards. now can you do a list of like the 10 cards that you hate why was this card made Sure, but that wouldn't be branded content. I can still do it, and I still post it on my YouTube channel because I can always do my least favorite cards or the cards I hate from the set. Or but whatever. then, okay, now you are controlling the negative because there won't be any videos talking about the cards. No, that you no, don't no, 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 no. Again, that's not MTG Ambassador content. That's just on my channel. That's not sponsored content. Whatever. Anything that gets the ambassador tag has a specific purpose. It's tied to a campaign. There's a thing there. But I can still put whatever I want on my channel. I can still talk about whatever I want on the podcast. Hell, we have been talking about whatever I want on the podcast. Yeah. So that hasn't changed, right? So, like, that's still separate. That's just when we need something promoted, we would like to use creators to promote it. That's basically what the program was and really nothing else. And if you don't agree or you don't want to do a thing, 
there's no pressure to do a thing. You just tell them, hey. I, it's, I, I, I I'm feel telling like. You, I'm telling you from the inside, there's not. I don't know what. But you again, you. you have twenty thousand subscribers. What if somebody with somebody with a thousand subscribers might feel a little pressure, even if there isn't any applied? They might still feel it because they still feel like a lot of their worth but that's, is but tied that's working, into the program. But that's working with any brand. Like you make that decision. Like I can't control somebody's feelings. Like, I mean, if you go work with any company on any brand, like at some point you will always be some level of a face of the brand, right? If they're promoting you as a Equivalent of an ambassador, whatever that happens to be, right? Because they all have different titles. They call it different things. Like, that's always going to be some level. Like, I can't just run around and just, I don't know, say that magic's a giant crap show every chance I get or whatever, because then there'd be no point in me being the ambassador program. Like, at some point, it would be completely okay, if you If you back up, not, not depending on the content, I wouldn't necessarily say crap show, but if you are able to point out, like, again, like, let's say you pick the 10 cards that don't work the way you feel like they should work. That's not saying it's a crap show, but it's... Oh, yeah, and that's fine, but I can still do that. Like, I have done that. Talked to, I even did a video to, trying to make a card work that I knew was bad, and then got to the video, and I'm like, nope, this card's still crap. And just like, and that was okay. Like, it's up there, it's still up there. People at Wizards have seen it, and there's been no backlash about it, right? So you could still do that. I think you have to just be, you'd have to really, I don't even know how to best this, right? You'd have to just literally be being a bad representative of the game in some way for them to not want you in the ambassador program. But again, that's working with anything. You know, I again, same thing with my pain glasses deal, same thing with cool stuff, same thing, whatever. Like you there, there's always the I don't know if you want to call it morality clause or something that that rides in there yeah. when you're working with somebody. Like that's that's unavoidable. But like I said, I was more bothered by all the just made up stuff. I mean, there was literally two people I saw that said, Well, we turned down being in the program because of these reasons. And I know 100% for a fact, they were not even offered to be in the program, <laughs> but you know, they'd already posted it. There was already like 50 responses, whatever, like, you know, perceptions greater than reality. And I ain't going to go jump in and talk about other people's business. So it's whatever, you know, it, it's fine though. Like I said, it's been good. There was a lot of learning for a lot of people. I think in the program, I think it worked because it also helped a lot of creators get extra following and extra views because they were able to have the first videos on a lot of stuff, which is a big deal for a lot yeah. of people. So some of these, especially for some of the commander channel, cause there's so much commander content lately for them to be able to have up like the day a set goes live or the cards get previewed. Hey, we have the first look gameplay of with these new decks or whatever. And they're able to get a 20,000 view video now or whatever. Whereas maybe they got like eight or 10. Right. So it's had a lot of benefits for a lot of people. At least the ones that like put in the real effort in the program have seen some growth from it. So it's pretty good. And there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe for next year, too. Uh, other thing that got people fired up was when Wizards decided they were going to change the or open game license for D&D. That was a big deal. <laughs> and that apparently cost them something like, what was the number, like 20% of their subscriptions or something on D&D on Beyond or whatever. Like a whole bunch of people jumped yeah, yeah, that's one I really don't get, to be honest. Why that was even a thing they wanted to change. Uh, I, I, they clearly didn't anticipate the backlash because they ended up backtracking. So I'm sure had they oh, realized it wasn't even a how week. bad that was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> like, it that was one of those things. They, they, they effed around and they found out. <laughs> it was the same. It goes. Like, to me, 
that's a weird one because usually when I don't agree with a company's decisions, I can at least go like, all right, but even from a greed factor side, I at least get why you're doing it, right? This one I didn't really get because I'm like, the upside is so small, right? Because remember, it was based around like, if your company was so big or you sold so many copies or whatever, you were going to have to pay a percentage. But like, that was only a handful of companies. Like, we, We've talked about how this company, like, even this company has a lot of unforced errors. Yeah. Like, now I get it. If you did your research and you found out it was apparently like, I don't know, a th- 500 companies out there making a whole bunch of money because of your D&D yeah. license or whatever, then all right, cool. You're Then you're talking about maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars at the end of the year, even at like a few percentage points from everybody. But if you're not getting that, like you're barely even going to move the meter on the bottom line. So why risk even upsetting everybody? Now, as the year went on, we had a good D&D movie. Baldur's Gate came out, whatever. D&D was fine. Wizards made a bunch of money off D&D. But you do have to ask yourself the question of, how much more money would they have made had you not had that error back in the spring? You know what I mean? Like Valid question. It's a pile of money, but could have been a pile of money plus 10%, you know, or whatever, if you didn't have that snafu and that yeah. negativity, right? Might you know, have saved a few jobs, you know? <laughs> also true. Could have, could have saved some jobs, as we saw at the end of the year. And, and you know... You know, as I, I do, there's a bunch of people who are like, I'm going to boycott, never play D&D. And then they probably played like 100 hours of Baldur's Gate or whatever, right? Yeah. So, whatever. They're not but, playing D&D now. Every 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 month, D&D's empire expands. Yeah. You got to not play Baldur's Gate. You got to obviously not play the role-playing game. Yeah. D&D's, it, it, its reach is growing. Yeah, that was a tough one. And again, it was just, that's just one where you just went, there's no benefit here. Like, why are we even bothering? Like, that's why even when I heard it and I read the specifics, I was like, there's got to be more here that just I'm not seeing because this doesn't make any sense. And apparently it didn't make sense. And a week later, they were like, nah, you guys are right. <laughs> we probably shouldn't have done this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did have the sad news. And this was just back in August. God, it feels like it was so long ago. But Sheldon Mentory passed, you know, who's the grandfather, the godfather of magic commander and that was one that shook up a lot of people it was pretty bad myself included but it it was it was pretty rough and but you know he'd been battling cancer for hell as long as i could remember at this point it feels like so just one of those things caught up with him but you know what he was he was the magic equivalent of the most interesting man in the world like truly like you could have any conversation about anything and it was seemingly he knew about it and the stuff like he could remember and recite and his military adventures and you know, whatever it was just crazy. So it was cool to see everybody at least have a moment where everybody came together and like, you know, even people that didn't know him were like, yeah, at least I understand his importance. This is kind of fucked up. Right. Like this is a thing. So that was cool. Uh, then we had the one that got people riled up for the better part of like three weeks. Uh, the Pinkertons got sent to a dude's house. Like that was a thing. As I said, so many unforced errors from this company. Uh, Kotaku just did their year in review. And again, out of all the positive stuff that happened in Magic, their most clicked on Magic the Gathering related story is the Pinkerton Raids because it's the most WTF Magic story. Like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? 
Why are they using the Pinkertons, the literal supervillains used in Red Dead Redemption? Because they had to figure out who can we have the bad guys be that'll make a bunch of unrepentant bank robbers look like the good guys. And they chose the Pinkertons. Yeah. I mean, and I told you my stance before, like you still shouldn't have done it. Like there's other ways we could have went about this. I understand not necessarily sending the Pinkertons, but I understand the process of why they went the way they did to try to get the information. Yeah, certainly you want to figure out who, where leaks are coming yeah, from, yeah. who and, is stealing things. But and like I said, the, the dude who did it also was a bit of an idiot himself, like making a whole spectacle out of it, trying, tr- playing up that he knew he shouldn't have had something, but he's going to share it anyway and try to spike all these views on his channel or whatever. And the worst part is. The dude was literally, literally the main character in Magic for almost three weeks and didn't do anything to take advantage of it. Like, I couldn't imagine having that much free press by literally... Well, again, he's, you know, we don't know how long he's been doing this. Oh, a long time. A long time. Like, he's, he's minimum four years. But from my understanding, he was even doing stuff before that. But his YouTube stuff, he's got videos that go four years back. And I'm just like, dude, you had an opportunity. Like, basically, all of tabletop gaming, at least for the better part of the first week, was talking about it, sending linking to your stuff, and like, just went nowhere. His latest stuff, he's getting you know 200, 300 views. And I'm like, dude, you had the whole world's eyes. I mean, that that doesn't magically make him better at YouTube. <laughs> just, yeah, you know, what, I agree. What, he, what he's doing is what he's doing. If anything, I want it to be a lesson to people just like just getting eyeballs isn't enough, you know, because I'm sure on some level he's like, oh, I'll have this first, even though I'm breaking the rules. I don't care. Everybody's going to talk about it. It'd be cool. And then I'll get all these. So he, so he was right to take the shot. Yeah. I mean, if you can take advantage of it, you know, even if you even if you because before you take the shot, you have no idea whether you can or not. You, have before a, have you a take plan. the shot, you don't know whether it's going in, but, but you still have a plan. That's all I'm saying. Even if it's and a bad he may plan, have had one, it just may not have worked. No, he didn't do anything different. He did not have a plan. Like if he did, it's the worst plan of ever. <laughs> like, like if you look at his content, there is nothing different, nothing new. He didn't even change his schedule up. He didn't change his background, his presentation. Literally nothing changed. And I'm like, dude, if you're gonna take a chance, like, and it, not just magic. If if you want to do a video game video and you're taking a chance, like we're talking about, somebody you're gonna spoil something or that you got your hands on you weren't supposed to or whatever and you know you're you're severing ties with that company at that point you're severing ties with related brands that work with that company right any leagues that work with that company because you're going to be tainted goods to them right they they can't work with you because of the business relationship so you need to get as much as you can out of that opportunity. You in theory, if you better he, have he, something he, in place. That's because that's because he doesn't have subscribers. PewDiePie could do something this stupid, and they'd work with him again next week. <laughs> Doctor well, Disrespect could do this. Be fair, something like this. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people already won't work with PewDiePie for a few reasons. So I think if they were going to work with you, they're already going to work with you. But when you're small and you're trying to get those reaches and those numbers, like. Feel free to take the shot. I get why he did it. 
And yeah, I, there was I, I no reason for him not to take the shot. Because again, it'd be different if he stole it, but somebody, I guess, sold him something that they probably well, weren't supposed to have. I have theories that he knew he was involved the, the in the process. We got the, the thing, we got the I understand. <laughs> but just saying, because I know how the chain of things works, I'm pretty sure he knew exactly what he was getting and probably had it pre planned. That said. But why is he in jail if that's the case? Well, because you're not breaking any law. <laughs> like there's no laws being broken no official like by the letter in a well, document if you know anyway. something is stolen and you buy it you absolutely have no no no, no. like it could it could still be purchased through the plan and somebody else stole it and they won't be the ones being punished like at the source at wizards like but I'm if you it. know something is stolen that's still a charge that can be brought up against you if they can prove 100 percent that you knew or if it's even worth it to pursue you in the case. Because if they get the person who's also doing it true. at the top, they'll just yeah. deal with the person at the top, right? But yeah, the fact that his channel went nowhere from before in, in police reporting. They're not, we're not trying to encourage crime. We're just telling you things that we have encountered in our travels. And yeah, there are, for some businesses, well, like I said, you got to hire a lawyer. So yeah, there are cases where somebody has stolen something that's worth Two or three hundred dollars, and okay, well, yeah, yeah the one hour's time more. with the lawyer is going to cost you more than that. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, and then I also am familiar with the case where somebody, I guess, overestimated or underestimated what the limit was, stole something, and did end up in trouble because they went over what the limit was that you can steal comfortably, and the company won't bother to pursue you. So yeah, yeah, this is so. Even pulling up his stuff on Social Blade, he had the obvious spike in the month of May or whatever, whenever all that went down, which obvious, right? After that, immediately back down to where he was before in views. Like, I don't even know if that's a hair up. No, not really. It's basically the same numbers. And then a spike in subscribers again for the month of May, like you would expect. And then immediately back down to zero to 10 subscribers a month gained. So like literally nothing, like went from a spike of 4,000 because of that. And then nothing, you know, spike of views for the channel to like 250 down to 13 K, you know, like, so that's sad for all that that caused. But that being said, again, still think we didn't have to send the Pinkertons, you know, like exactly. We could have found somebody else and like, don't be wrong. I understand the history. I get why they used them, whatever. But like, we still could have found somebody else. Yeah. Right. It's at least and they to, to go ever, to uh, a normal person's house. Right. Like, yeah. I almost like again, still bad dudes. But like, I almost understand if you're like, hey, okay, we're gonna send the Pinkertons to like this distribution company we work with or whatever. Yeah, right. That would but like to just a dude's house. Like, uh, I mean, there's got to be some other investigative group or. PIs or something, whatever you could see. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be something. You probably could have called him on the phone and just said, hey, this is Wizards. Where'd you get this stuff from? And I'm sure he'd have told you. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> probably. You probably didn't need any law enforcement professionals or or like Pinkerton's people that aspire to be law sure. enforcement professionals. Sure. I, I, don't, I feel like you, you're probably still better off sending some Because remember, and I think I explained this before, but part of the reason you send people anyway is you're also trying to get the rappers. 
because the wrappers in the boxes all have codes that are scanned and trackable all the way back to the source. So you're trying to get those before they get thrown away or picked up by sanitation or whatever. So you do need to send somebody physically in those scenarios because that's a key part of the information. But I don't think you need to send those particular dudes. I think you could have sent other people and handle it. But yeah. And I guess we are, are they still, that's the thing that kind of, I guess, kind of got lost in all this. Are they still contracting with Pinkertons? I have not heard. My assumption would be yes. Like, and that's, that's horrible. I mean, <laughs> they, they the have, they have been really... for decades. So I would assume they still are. Yeah. And that's I mean, just, that, that's really unconscionable. And I don't know it, if it we're ever it... going to know the answer, but it, but that's just my assumption. Oh, I mean, I guess next time something gets stolen, <laughs> you know, the, 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 one of the reasons you use Pinkerton is because they leave, you know, handprints, jackbooted thug prints in and again, people's if, if we're sending it to high dollar, high value, whatever, like I at least almost understand the assumption of needing yeah, them. But like the not, Pinkertons not are an implied threat. But you, you don't need not that. Even implied. They are, you know, yeah. they are corporate America's but that being said, fist, if you will. Multiple people throughout there asked me why I didn't make a bigger deal of it. It's like because the dude who did it was an idiot. Like I Which he still has human rights, is the thing. No, I understand. How big an idiot he I is. understand, but it's still like I can only have so much sympathy if you're doing a thing you know is wrong, and you know it's the f around and find out. Like, I can only have so much sympathy for you, and I know that's me. That's a me problem, and I'll go down yeah. with the ship on it. But that's just how I feel about it. But then we also still had a thing that got for real buried under everything that we're still in the middle of trying to get through our first three-year standard like that was a thing that got announced and like hey standard enough three people years. playing standard for, for it to become a thing well actually that's funny because it actually is starting to become a thing it's real slow to get wound up which not a surprise by anybody's really yeah. but you're now starting to see where i think they're bringing back these things called standard showdowns that you'll be playing in your local game stores they had like the game days for each set are now going to be standard. The recent RCQs are standard. So like they're getting people back in the groove of playing competitively for prizes, making some promos that if you go to local stores and play, you get these things. Yeah. Uh, they started some programs that I think like if you play so many events throughout a month, you get something on arena, like some amount of experience or something. So like they're, they're trying some stuff. Trying some things. Yeah, because that's been part of the problem. Is that, like, if you Google Magic the Gathering standard, I'd say at least 50 to 70% of what you pull up is going to be thick pieces talking about people trying to fix standard. I just think, though, because of the pandemic, people just didn't have a reason to play standard, right? Because we weren't doing in-person PTQs. There weren't really yeah. any regional qualifiers, whatever. So there wasn't a reason. So you just played on Arena, and then you just played, like, Commander or Modern or whatever with your buddies because those are the cards you already had. And people buying and mm-hmm. I was going to say, they, they, them switching standard to three years is, is acknowledgement that, yeah, they know there's problems. They're trying to, to work on these problems and are getting a three-year swath of data to, I'm sure, at some point, if ch- more changes need to be made, they will make more changes. Yeah, it's always been a thing that, and, and, and I think Pokemon even has a two-year standard and some other games, of course, just adopted that as being the thing to be normal. But I think that works when your whole community is already into the format, right? I think when you're trying to fire it back up, you almost need as many cards as possible to be playable so people are willing to try it. 
because a bunch of people didn't buy a lot of stuff throughout the pandemic, right? They bought maybe a set that was interesting to them or whatever, a couple of commander decks or something, but they didn't have a lot of just what you would call standard playable cards for 60 card standard, right? That wasn't a thing. So going like, hey, let's just make it three years. People have more time. If you buy anything now and you're, while you're trying it out, cards are still good for another couple of years. And we'll see where this goes, right? But we're now kind of in the middle of that third year now. So it's like we had our, we haven't even got to our first rotation yet, really. Yeah. And we're kind of getting to see, okay, now I believe the next set would be the first one that had any amount of development time from when they might have been thinking about making it a three-year standard. And then for sure, the next set will. So we'll start seeing then kind of what cards they put in there, how they want cards to overlap from previous sets or whatever. But I honestly think we can get to this time next year. There's going to be a lot more people playing standard. And I think it's just because they're making the concerted effort of just like, hey, we're going to give you these promos, but you have to run a standard event to to give them away, right? We're going to do these qualifiers, but they have to be standard format. And I think that's going to get more people working on it. And I've seen some people talking about it, at least some people trying to start some discords to work on testing some decks. So you're starting to see it, but I think it's still going to take a bit longer. I think we still need a good six, eight months. And one of the biggest things is this will be the first time we've had the, whatever they call them, the standard challenge decks or whatever they put out in the spring that could help feed people into standard. Because the last time we had them, we were kind of, I guess, moving into the pandemic, so to speak. So they didn't really sell. And then we did some non-standard ones, I think, after that. But we haven't had this three-year rotation trying to fire up standard with those decks being purchasable. Because if you could walk in and spend $20, $25 on a standard deck and maybe need to spend $15, $20 bucks to upgrade it, way more people are going to be willing to try it at that point because they don't have to build a whole fresh deck. So we'll see where that goes. And then the other story of this year that I think was actually really good was just the ultimate, or I guess the universes beyond products being really good. I mean, I think we were like, all right, we'll get a full set of Lord of the Rings. Eh, we'll see. And then everybody was nuts about it. Like still. Because again, it's mm-hmm. the difference between Lord of the Rings and Magic the Gathering is zero difference. They're both about wizards warlocks and rings and artifacts and so that was that one is there was no tonal shift whatsoever now if you don't like tolkien's books if you don't like tolkien's characters uh, okay that's fine but thematically that one is you can put those cards next to the, the cards we play with every day and there is no tonal shift in between them there's yeah. the same thing essentially you know, the craziest selling set of the year like a lot of different products around it like it was it was just well done too. I mean, a lot of the flavor was there from all the right characters. Right, had, the artwork was beautiful. Yeah, and then Aragorn felt, was black. Well, yeah, that's true too. We we did. Had to hate. That's true. And not only that, you had like the Asian uh, elf dude or whatever. Like that was a right? thing. So like, but then we didn't even just stop there. Then we got stuff like Doctor Who, that was really good. And and I tried to tell people I knew Doctor Who was good because I'm not even a full time Doctor Who fan. And the cards I did recognize immediately made sense. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you go like, oh, this was, you could tell for both products, there were fans at Wizards of the Coast on R&D that worked on those products. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if the heads of R&D went, okay, 
who are super fans of these different brands or whatever. All right, cool. Y'all are going to be the core team. <laughs> exactly. Two, these are two that. of the nerdiest brands out there. So, of course, there's going to be crossover. Oh, yeah. And the cards, like I said, the the theme, the way they worked within the rules, like everything felt exactly right. Like there was this one felt thing. like it had some of the, the least pushback because like Matt Walking Dead, you know, what Walking Dead was already like <laughs> pun intended. The franchise or at least the core franchise was already shambling toward the grave by the time that project yeah. came out. I think also Walking Dead was also the new one. It was like the first time. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like that's all. Anytime something's first. A lot of times there's that weird reaction because like, well, what does this mean? How many often is this going to happen? Are we going to get a bunch of these in the future? You know, there's a bunch of unknowns that people are willing to just jump to the jump to conclusions, I guess, on what's going to come from it. But I think by the time we got to these, we'd already had, what, three years of secret layers or whatever at that point. So we're kind of like desensitized to it a little bit. It was more just, is this going to be decent? You know, because and it's you know, that who is not as, as big a tonal shift because yeah, who has you know, well, what, what did Arthur C. Clarke say? Sufficiently advanced technology yep. is indistinguishable from magic. Yep. Yeah, and the, the doctor is always flying around medieval times. So yeah, if you don't know any better, the, the doctor is a wizard, <laughs> as far as you know. He's and got yeah, a box. Of just... I will also say I feel like last year was like when we got the forty k decks felt like the perfect test bed of if we can make this work in the in, in magic we can get all these other licenses to work right because while well, there's some magic in in 40k obviously a lot of it's military guns there are yeah. demons and things so you know there's that but it, and that worked out great and people were super excited about it and i was like okay and that kind of gave everybody the confidence of okay now we want to see what they do with lord of the rings now we want to see what they do with doctor who and then and all the creatures that exist, they don't say all, but a lot of the creatures such as werewolves, uh, vampires, yep. they exist in the Doctor's universe. They're just aliens. Yeah, that's exactly it. But, <laughs> yeah, but the average person on the street doesn't know that they're a Cyberman or a Dalek or whatever. They're just like, it's a vampire, then, it's a werewolf, they were also, it's whatever. They were also smart, though, because they took stuff like dinosaurs on a spaceship, right? And going, yeah. well, our next set has dinosaurs in it, right? So... Now there's some cards you want to go after if you're one of those people who wanted the dinosaurs from Ixalan or whatever to play them in your commander deck or whatever it is. So a lot of that stuff was so smartly done. I mean, just even even the crossover with uh, Jurassic World, right? Like that was cool. Seeing the characters that you knew from the movies on magic cards that thematically made sense. So it's like for as much as people were questioning, I think universes beyond that to me feels like a real win for the year for magic of just these things came out. And now we've moved from the world of people not being sure to now people that are fans of these properties are excited. Like the number of people like we talked about that are going to be excited about fallout decks coming next year. Right. Because now you're like, Oh, I saw what you did with Dr. Who I saw what you did with Lord of the Rings. Like if I'm a fan, I'm like, Hey, you're going to treat me right on this fallout stuff. Right. Like, you know, like, so until one really flops, I mean, we got to give credit where it's due. They're hitting it out of the park. And then we find out we still have uh, Final Fantasy coming. We've still got Marvel yeah. coming. You know, like there's some big hitters still down the pipe that, man, Magic's going to make a lot of money off those things, man. Yeah, they are. All right. So with all that being recapped, we're going to hit the dinner table with the fun question. 
And now you've had some time to think about this. What would you say is your craziest or most interesting gaming story of the year? I think the thing that we keep coming back to, and we just dealt with it with the Wizards of the Coast, is, is layoffs. This is a, a record year. So many companies are reporting record profits, games being bigger than they ever were, yet we're still seeing so many people in the game industry, in the games journalism industry, losing their jobs constantly. Not nearly as many, you know, CEOs or executives losing their jobs, but the the rank and file employees that make the games you love are losing their jobs in unprecedented numbers, even while games break phenomenal sales numbers. It's just sad. It's depressing. And I guess something we want to acknowledge because one one of the complaints about the Game Awards was that it really wasn't talked about. And it just yeah. it was kind of bizarre to for this to be just a, you obviously you could still celebrate the game industry. A lot of great things were done, but even while people were trying to, you know, dedicate to people that have lost their jobs or in some cases lost their lives, they were getting pushed off stage. Of course. <laughs> so it just, of course. And I yeah, I know it's not a fun topic to talk about, but that's kinda what we do here is we talk about the topics sure. that in some cases a lot of people don't want to talk about. And that's the one that I hate to say it, but in so many ways, layoffs are one of the things that define 2023 in game in tabletop and in video games. You know what I'm wondering too, if this is going to lead to over the next two years, seeing more indie developed products, more, you know, independent board game development, stuff like that with I a lot of hope people so. that have left because some of these people, you know, even though they got released, some of them were being paid well. Some have decent nest yeah. eggs. Some were even that upper middle management type area where they were making some pretty good money. So they could have some startup funds if people want to do some of these small projects. And I, I hope we see a, a lot more of that over the next year. I hope people take the risks because that's one of the problems is that yeah. just so many companies are ad- adverse to make something that's not Call of Duty, Madden, something that's a sequel to something that it's going to be a guaranteed hit. And I understand that because... Sure. Obviously, call up somebody that plays Call of Duty and Madden. Yeah, they make a whole bunch of money and they are too big to fail. But I also but you know, love, you know, great, great indie games. Somebody that comes up with a game that I would have never in a million years thought that I wanted. And then the game. Industry yeah, does. there was like a crazy game I saw from a couple of years, like Secret of Luna. I think is that what that was? But it was like a side scroller that was like telling this story and had like this cool interactive background. But that's not something you would typically see. And I'm like, why aren't we making more unique and different games like that? So I'm hoping some of these people that got released from these places go on to work on some projects like that. I think that. And the why is people in the game industry is becoming more and more risk averse. Mm -hmm. Because when you you know Madden's going to make money. You know Call of Duty. You know to some extent Final Fantasy apparently isn't making as much money as Square wants it to make. But it's going to make money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing right now crossing. I think that's why you are seeing a lot of people kind of go into work for themselves or just like, Hey, I'm willing to just do this. And I know I'm ever going to make this much money, but my job's secure. Yeah. Right. And it's tough that people have to have that mindset, but I feel like if not yearly, at least every other year we hear about layoffs in various industries, you know, in big chunks and it's just corporate America these days, which sucks. 
And you see so many of the games that were innovative, like, for example, Titanfall. I remember when I first saw that reveal, like, wait, Call of Duty, but your kill streak is a 50-foot is a stomping everybody robot. Why has nobody done this before? And then I guess we found out why, because it's just two games. And it, it well, the, the good news is that they were able to pivot to a right as battle royals are becoming a thing. They realized, hey, you know, we, we've got a universe here, a sandbox that people enjoy playing in. What if we made a battle royal in the Titanfall universe? And so they still get to yep. put in weapons from Titanfall and have call outs. And I think one of the uh, the, the, the new characters, the, the Filipina character that we talked about, part of her outfit is like she's wearing pieces she salvaged from a Titan that saved her village. So that's cool. Titanfall still, you know, it still gets out there. You know, we probably are never going to get Titanfall 3. We'll get those yeah. <laughs> little pieces, you know, in Apex Legends because they hit right as Battle Royals are becoming a huge thing. Well, my story that I'm going to mention is probably the biggest we're going to have in Magic for a while. Enough that it made news everywhere. And that was Post Malone buying the one ring for $2 million. <laughs> Because I think we all knew it was going to sell, and we all knew the card was yeah. going to be collectible, and you know, people. Th now I didn't think it was going to be two million, but I told people like, yeah, it could reasonably go over a million, you know. And people are like, ah, no way, nobody's. I'm like, hey, you know, we've had lotuses at the time that people had paid multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars for. Right. So it's like, if you have a thing that's literally one of one, why is that not worth significantly more than a lotus right at that point? And we found out two million was apparently the number that somebody's willing to pay. And you know, also when you get people like Post Malone who can outbid ninety percent of the general population. You know? Well, yeah, but I mean, it was probably going to be like him or Hunter Pence or one of these other guys. That, right? You know, they have these big contracts. There are people jobs. with deep pockets now yeah. playing Magic. Absolutely, we have a lot of celebrities that play Magic. Hell, what's his name? Those one of the Hobbits. He plays Lord of the Ring or plays Magic. There's uh. Oh man, there's there's six or seven really big names, even, even athletes. You know, like we're yeah. talking about. You know, Cassius Marsh. Some of those guys have played in the NFL, played Magic. Hell, we had a couple of the Seahawks while he was out here, came to a big tournament mm -hmm. and played. So yeah, people were going to be able to spend if they wanted it, and it's a thing that there's ever only going to be one of. You know, like there there that's there's not more being produced. It's literally one of one forever. So and I guess in uh, two or three years we'll get. The Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get something else that will be the new one of one. And, you know, yep. somebody will probably only spend like $1 million on it or whatever. But it'll still be a unique piece if you want. Do it, six, right? this is six stones, do they go for like a million each? Uh, you may, maybe you get the, the, the glove for a million, but you can get all the stones for like 100 k each or something. Could be. <laughs> something like that. But, yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know, to, to think about as much as we talk about, well, you know, value on things is going down and whatever and this that and the other and magic but then you're like well when you make a collectible thing it's still collectible and people with money want those unique items and this was also a thing where i almost felt like even if he didn't get it somebody who collected lord of the Rings stuff would probably want it also true you know so but it's one of those things where Posty is a fan. He's connected to the magic community. He's been on a bunch of people's shows and YouTube channels and whatever. And the person who opened it happened to also be a Post Malone fan. Right. So 
you know, him getting a chance to meet him and sell it to him was a big deal. So that kind of locked it up from there. Like he seems like he's doing a good job too with his money. He just opened it because he's from Texas. So he yeah. opened up his own line of, of raisin canes in, in the Dallas area. So yeah, he's oh yeah, uh, he's, he's got investments in a few places from what I understand. Yeah. Like and he's that sound like one of those people that you'll see in you know five or ten years. Like oh, what happened to all his money? He's totally broke. And I, from I, as far as wrong. I can tell, like too, I don't know that he's. Like he spins, but he's not like crazy. He doesn't have like fifteen Maybox or anything, you know. Like he's he's not one of those guys. So yeah, especially in Texas, raising canes is a dang good investment. <laughs> you get oh yeah, because there be, seems to be one on every corner. And to be now. real, canes is I. Right, but you got to get that sauce. If you don't get the sauce, it's it's not the same experience. It's just not like. That's like I mean, Starbucks coffee is just all right. Yet there's one on every corner. Yeah, you know. The thing about Starbucks, truthfully, and I'm not the biggest Starbucks fan, but like I get why they're because you can customize to the nth degree your order. And I think that's what carries them a lot of the times. Right. But that's a whole different business model. <laughs> and now McDonald's is getting into the high price specialty coffee thing. Dude, I saw that McDonald's has a thing called like Cosmics. Yeah, that that's their is, Starbucks. Which is the oh, Cosmic is a McDonald's character that you just forgot about from yeah, he, he yeah, was yeah. McDonald's ET ripoff from the 1980s. Yeah, like because I thought I'd heard the name before, but I was just like, yeah, they closed the door to the 1980s and left Cosmic in there, but he's back, baby. Yeah, it's weird. It's just like fancy McDonald's with just a bigger menu. So it's like, okay, sure. But yeah, man, I I think this year 2023 was full of stuff. I mean, we didn't even touch on hell half the things that happen it feels like and that's just inside of magic and gaming i mean there was literally all hell we had government talking about aliens at one point <laughs> like that was a thing like twitter three was wild i mean i think at some point when we go back and really just look january 1 to december 31 there's gonna be way more stuff that you remember even happened you know because it was just thing on top of thing but with that why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media all right, I am Brian Psionic on uh, the X and Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know if I'm down with X yet, but you can always DM X me if you wanted to, though. But he did that. Too. Yeah, that's 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 a thing. But yeah, you can find me everywhere at Power Dragon, P O W R D R A G N. And as always, wherever you're listening or watching, whenever you are, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please take care of yourselves and family. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at colorofmtg. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 